You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Thank you, Jamie, for uh, Dad and on Meetups. And we're, we're going to talk some more in uh, this short sermon, okay, about evangelism, right? Now, let me, let, me, let me start here by saying this, is that faith is not just something you, you kind of have and you believe. Faith is deeper than belief. Somebody help me here. Hebrews says that faith is the substance of things. Now, if you hope for something, does that mean you just sit back and say, well, I hope it happens? That's not what this is taught. Faith is the substance of hope. Okay, so here's, here's, here's what faith does. True faith always leads to action. I don't have time to give you all the scriptures, okay? Because if I started giving you everything I want to give you today, half of y'all would have to leave before I get done, okay? But I don't have time to give you all the scriptures, but faith always, true faith always leads to action. Now, there are only a few reasons that we don't share our faith with somebody else, all right? And, and here, here the, I, I'm going to take a positive slant with this, okay? Uh, just give me, give, give me these. Thank you. Thank you, Beverly. If we truly believe sin is destructive, do you believe sin is destructive? Not just in eternity, but in this life as well. If we believe eternity is forever, and if we believe Jesus' blood is enough, then we will find a way to share Jesus with others. Now, if we also, if we love others, that's the second one, and we see their need, then we will share Jesus with others. And thirdly, if we love Jesus, I mean, if you love somebody, you're going to tell somebody else about them. I mean, you, you remember how you were when uh, you were a teenager dating? Some of you got to think way, way back, right? But you remember how you used to talk about that person you like all the time? Everybody else was tired of hearing about it. If you truly love Jesus, you're going to find a way to share. We're going to do that. But, and, and, and Jamie said this already, or Brent, one of them, said this already. That, you know, evangelism, that's a scary word, isn't it? It's a scary word. When we think about doing evangelism, you know, we're, we think about, yeah, uh, people preaching on stages or maybe on, on street corners like, like the guy down at Sam's or, uh, you, you know, uh, having to go door to door, knocking on doors and trying to lead someone to Jesus. But that's not all that evangelism is. Anything that reaches out to someone, as they said, making room for other people in your life, anything that reaches out to someone, anything that reaches out to them to help them know a little bit more about Jesus, it's all evangelism. Here, let me, let me help you with it this way. To say, here's what your focus can be for, for evangelism. Help someone take one step closer to Jesus. That's what evangelism is. It's just helping someone take one step closer to Jesus. But what we do is, is we don't see all the things that God has been doing in someone's life, but then maybe we see them come into church and they go down front, you know, they pray with a prayer team member or, or, or they tell people that, hey, or they get baptized in a church service. And so we say, wow, God did an amazing work. But God's been working on them over and over and over to this point and getting them there. So, and all these things that we do, all of these pieces, all of these steps that others are leading them to help take, those are all evangelism. Now, last week, uh, in, in our Sunday conversation when Brent was asking me questions, I, I mentioned three things about evangelism, uh, three areas, because we all kind of have our different ways of dealing with people. We all have uh, kind of our, our different ways of how we do our relationships. You know, some of us are a little laid back. Some of us are a little loud. Any, y'all know anybody that's loud? Anyone? Yeah. Some of us are a little loud. You know, some of us are full-blown ev- evangelists, okay? But those three things, let me talk about those real quick if I can, okay? 
because uh, I think that's where we are. And, and, you know, here's another thing also is that different people out there who need to be reached, they have to be reached in different ways. You know, some of them, you, some of them you just get, you know, can get in their face and talk to them, and they're receptive, but most people aren't, and it takes a while. Okay, so here were the three things. First one was inviters. And um, there's a story. When Jesus started calling his disciples, one of the very first disciples that he had was Andrew. And uh, here's John chapter 1, verse 41, 42. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Andrew became one of Jesus' disciples, but also Simon did. You know who Simon is? Yes, you're saying, some of you are saying this. Peter. Jesus changed his name to Peter, and he became one of the great leaders of the church. He preached that first sermon where 3,000 souls were saved. And how did he come to Jesus? Right here, just an invitation, just that simple. So if you're saying, well, I, I can't get on a stage, you don't have to get on a stage. Just, help, just like he did, he just helped Simon Peter take, he just helped him take one step closer to Jesus. And it says in the Bible, the next verse says, the very next day, Jesus calls Philip to be one of his disciples. And you know, the first thing that Philip does, as far as we know, first thing he does that's recorded in the scripture is this. Uh, this is verse 45, the same chapter. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, and incidentally, let me say that, throw this in here. Nathaniel also becomes a disciple of Jesus. And he says, we have found the very person uh, Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed uh, Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Okay, so Philip maybe takes a little, little step further because he kind of gets a little kickback from Nathaniel. Well, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? You know, and, and, and so what is, it's almost, you know, I hear this in a couple of different ways. I could, I could hear this like, come and see for yourself. Or I can hear it with a, you know, a twinkle in his eye and a little half smile, come see for yourself. You know, and whichever thing works, you know, that's why personal evangelism works is because I don't know your friends. I don't know whether it takes one of those come and see for yourself or just a twinkle in the eye kind of thing, but you do. That's why it's so important for you to make that space for others in your life because personal evangelism is the way people are reached today. I mean, most of you are here, as, as I were saying just a few moments ago, most of you are here because you know somebody or you met somebody or you came to the coffee shop or you were here for an event or something. There was some kind of connection. These days, as they were saying, Sunday morning's not the front door of the church so much anymore. There's already been some kind of an initiation into this. You know, and, so, so, and here, here's kind of the cool thing about what Philip did. You know, say, come and see for yourself. Listen, he didn't preach him a sermon. You know, still, we're talking evangelism here. He got him to Jesus, but he didn't preach him a sermon. Because think about it. You don't save anybody. You don't forgive them of their sins. You don't, you don't bring them conviction into their hearts. That's not up to you. Sometimes, now let me say often, I won't say sometimes, often all you and I get to do is bait the hook. You know, we bait the hook and, and then Jesus gets to set it, real men, right? That's, often that's what we do. As Scripture says, one plants, one waters, but it's him that gives the increase. It's him that catches. And so sometimes, you know, and, and some of you, you can invite, you ever invited anybody to anything? You ever invited anybody over to your house to watch a football game or to cook out or anything? Yeah, you've done that. Ever invited anybody to have coffee? If, you, if you've done that, then you already know how to be an inviter and bring people a little step closer to Jesus. 
But there's a second one, and the second one is called encouragers. And let me set this next story up just a little bit. And uh, this is where Jesus and his disciples were on their way somewhere, and they had to go through Samaria. And, and they end up at a well right outside of a village in Samaria. You probably heard the story of the woman at the well. You may have heard that if you haven't heard the story, the woman at the well. And so this woman comes out, and so Jesus starts talking to her, and she's kind of got this attitude of like, you know, I, I'm just too far gone. I don't even try anymore. You know, but Jesus starts talking to her, and then she, faith just explodes inside of her spirit. And she gets so excited. Here's what happens. This is John chapter 4, beginning at verse 29. And I'll skip right here because it's about 12 verses here, uh, 13 verses here. So, And she goes back into the town, the village that she's from. She says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Again, let me point out to you, she didn't preach. She didn't set up a, a service. She didn't pull out her big black King James Version Bible and stand on a street corner with a bunch of signs. She didn't preach. All she said was, what would she say? She just told him her story. And her story was really short with Jesus, but that's all that mattered. And I know some of you say, well, I don't have much of a story. She didn't either. She'd had one conversation with Jesus, but it was a conversation that changed her life, and that's what she shared with people. And these people, they knew her. They knew what her story was, and I don't have time to go into that. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what her story was or what your story is or your story. But it's the fact that you have a story. If you're a child of God, you have a story. And she shared this story with people. And then they came and they heard Jesus tell. Again, it wasn't what she said, but it's what Jesus said. All she did was she just helped them come just a little bit closer. To that. And, and look, look, look where she invited them to go. You know, this, this kind of goes a little bit beyond maybe the invitation because of the way she's saying it. But there was an invitation here. Where did she in, invite them to go? Out to the well where Jesus was. She invited them to go to the well. She didn't invite them to a synagogue. They had synagogues. They had places like that. She didn't invite them to go hear a rabbi speak. She invited them to go to a well, a, a place they knew, a place they'd been to many times before, a place they were comfortable. She invited them out and said, man, Esther was lucky that she could invite them, invite them out there and said, no, no, if you back up in the story, you'll see Jesus and the disciples get to the well. You know what he does to the disciples? He said, y'all go in town and get something to eat, okay? Bring it back out here. He got rid of them, but he stayed at the well. And I've all, all often just thought about how, how much. He stayed at the well for that one person, but he didn't just stay at that well for one person. He stayed at that well because that was an easy place to bring all those other people to. So we're talking about meetups. You know, just like our coffee shop. It's been such a huge thing, and it's already been said two times, I know. It's already been said in this earth two times about how it's been, been just a huge thing to be able to connect with the community, the play space and all that. I mean, man, if, if, you're, if you're a parent anywhere around Morris or the surrounding area close by and you don't know about our play space, I don't know where you've been. I mean, they, they know about it. I, found, I talked to several yesterday, that parents and adults who broke the rules, they've been down the slide, not as much as me, but they've been down the slide, you know? <laughs> People know about this, and so there's the connection. And so, and you know, we've, we, we've bragged on that, and we've, we've thanked God for it. But I know some of you are sitting back there saying, but, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to make coffee. I can't come in here and do anything. No, but it's time for you to find your thing, and that's what we're trying to help you do. We're trying to help you see how easy it is. You got a fire pit in your backyard? I'll buy some Winnie's and some roasting sticks and sign up to do a meetup. 
It's just that simple. And then inviting people to come, not to a synagogue to hear a rabbi, not to a church to hear a preacher, but to just make a connection and to encourage them. You know, when we were pastoring Jamie uh, years ago when she was when she was still a kid, you know, and that, that was probably about five years ago, I think it was, not it, Jamie? Uh, you know, when we were pastoring at Jamie's home church, we saw tremendous growth in this church. And, you know, I'd love to say it was all my pastoring, you know, it was all my preaching and all that. But there was one lady in the church that reached more people than anyone in that church, and more than I did. And uh, her name was Myung. And uh, Myung, she was... Uh, she was the, the, the manager over the barbershop on base, Fort Rucker uh, Army Base there, home of Army Aviation. We were right outside there, and so we, we, got, we got to know a lot of military folks there, fell in love with military people while we were there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why real quick, okay? It's because when they walk in the door, they know they may only be there for two or three years. They walk in the door saying, what can I do? <laughs> love people like that. You know, say, what can I do? We got to get something done for Jesus while we're here. And so we fell in love with that kind of an attitude, you know? And so she, she uh, managed the barber shop there on Fort Rucker. And here's the thing I've heard her say, and I don't know how many times she said this to people. She said, you sit in my chair, I tell you about Jesus. If you don't want to hear about Jesus, don't sit in my chair. <laughs> and, you know, she's going to talk, you know why? Here's, let me tell you why. It's because of her story. She was Korean. She married a, she married a man in the Army. And uh, when he was discharged, when he was brought back, uh, she came back with him, and this is where they built their life. And when you ask her, when, you don't even have to ask her, but when she tells her story, she doesn't say, Jesus saved me. She doesn't say, uh, Jesus forgave me of my sins. She doesn't even talk about it that way. She says, Jesus delivered me. You know, there's something in her heart that says, I, I didn't just get saved from a few sins. I don't just have an eternity. I was living in a place that Jesus delivered me from. And because of that, i got to tell somebody, so if you sit in my chair, you're going to hear about Jesus. And if you don't want to hear about this Jesus that delivered me from what I was living in, then don't sit in my chair. And she brought so many people to our church, people that became members, people that came, became Christians. I don't even know if she actually led any people in, actually in that chair to Jesus or she just brought them to a place where it could happen. But she planted that seed. She helped them take one step over and over and over. And she's getting really close to evangelism, right? That, that classic thought of what evangelism and evangelists are. But so let's talk about that real quick. The very first Christian evangelist, the very first evangelist who preached about Jesus was who? John the Baptist. John the Baptist, because he did before Jesus even started his ministry. God sent him to set, set everything up. All right, now, uh, let me set this up just a little bit also. So he's there, and we read about John the Baptist a good bit on our last sermon series back in December, Chris, Christmas Lights, about how he came to tell us about the light that was coming, Jesus the Messiah, he is coming. And so he was, tell, he was preaching, you know, there in, in uh, Israel, and he was preaching down by the river, he was baptizing people, he was getting them ready for this. And so he'd be telling them. Now, and also he had disciples, just like Jesus would have disciples, you know, uh, coming in a few days later than this so he had disciples his disciples were around him all the time and so when when John was preaching they would hear this you know day after day after day you know not for five minutes more like that guy down at Sam's I mean just over and over and over okay and so in John chapter 1 verse 15 and we're skipping through here because there's a lot of verses there to read but so John testified about Jesus when he shouted to the crowds 
This is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, he had been preaching about it, so anybody that had heard John before this knew who he was talking about, and he said, there he is. This guy I've been talking about, look, there he is. And the following day, John was standing again with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Now think about these two disciples. They were John's disciples. And they heard day after day after day, Jesus is coming. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus is going to do. This is how Jesus is going to revolutionize. He's going to change things. He's going to impact people's lives. He's going to turn things upside down. He is going to rescue you from your sin and all these things. I baptize with water, John said, but there is one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power and fire. And all of this he said and over and over and over. And he told them, and he pointed, he said, there he is. And then he, and maybe this happened two or three times. Looks like it happened at least twice before this last time at the end. He said, there he is. And finally, two of his disciples, they were ready. What had been happening? John had been helping them take one step closer to Jesus every day, even before they'd ever seen his face. They'd been, he'd been helping them just take one step until finally, one day, they ran to him. And he said, Jesus said, what do you, what, what do you want? They said, we, we just want to see where you're staying. He said, come on, follow me, and you'll see. I don't have really a place to stay, but come and follow me. And they followed him. One of them was Andrew, because I don't know if you noticed, but this was right before the first verse we read. Because one of those disciples of John was Andrew, and the first thing he did was run and find Simon Peter. And they followed him. So all of this happened. You see, John's doing what I was talking about. Make your focus not, not trying to get somebody saved because you don't do the saving. That's between them and God. Just help somebody take one step closer to Jesus. That's even, that's, that's even what the evangelists did. I think, uh, I think the old revivals is what's gotten in our way of thinking and seeing and say, oh, man, we got to get everybody saved right now. And, and then, you know, if we realize, well, somebody's a long way from Jesus, you know, they don't even want to hear it. Then we say, well, they don't even want to hear it, then I don't have anything I do. Yeah, you do have something you can do. What? Make space for them. Just make space for them in your life and tell them a little bit of your story. Whatever you, whatever you can squeeze in, tell them a little bit little bit of your story now I know there are a lot of people in the world today things are changing and a lot of ways of things that are changing aren't changing for the good and there are a lot of people today that say this evangelism thing of how we're trying to get people to believe in Jesus that's wrong you should let people believe that yeah yeah we do let people believe what they want to believe but I want them to have all the facts I want them to know that the creator of this universe came and lived and died and gave his blood for their sin. I want him to know that. And, and, and how he's given me new life. And he didn't just save us. He didn't just wash away a few sins. He has delivered us from ourselves and from all the other stuff around us. I want him to have the facts. And so, okay, give him the facts. Just help him take one step a little bit closer to Jesus. But what can I say? What can I? What can you say? You can't preach my sermon. You know, I was worried. I don't know if you paid attention yet. You figured it out. I'm having problems with my voice today. I've been sick this week. Uh, it's kind of rough, kind of gravelly or whatever. And I was worried last night, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to hand this sermon off. And you know what? It's not an easy thing just hand somebody a bunch of paper and say, here, preach my sermon tomorrow. 
you know you can't preach my sermon because it's in here right so you can't preach my sermon but you don't need to have you been listening you have a story just like Andrew you have a story of when you realize whoa this is him this is what I've been waiting on you've got a story just like Philip You've got a story now just like Simon, Peter, and Nathaniel. You've got a story like the woman at the well who she had messed up so much she didn't think anybody could, do, could have anything to do with her, and Jesus turned all that around. You've got a story like that. You've got a story like me on. <laughs> God delivered me, and there's some, i got to tell you about this, about this Jesus. You have a story like John the Baptist. You have a story, so just tell your story. You don't have to tell them what I said. You can just tell them what's happened in your life. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at Church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.